Welcome back to the Ice Bath Sports Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Griff. And once again, we did that backwards. Usually it's you doing the intro. I know. Um, week two was insane. It was I, so much better than week one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was just about to say, because I, I think the reason week two was so crazy was because week one was super lame. Yeah, week one was really bad. I mean, it was just super low scoring all across the board. I, I kind of want to go and check and see, you know, where it stands in, in terms of like, we, you know, weeks over the past years of touchdowns scored because it just seemed like there wasn't well, a lot of high-scoring games. I think the adjustment for teams is the fact that there's no more fourth preseason game, which yeah. is when all the starters would be getting their reps in, and a lot of teams are just kind of shying away from getting the starters the reps. 100%. And it, it seems like everybody has just come out pretty cold. Yep. Um, so I think the move going forward is just hammer unders like the first couple of weeks. Yeah, no, that, that's actually pretty smart. I, I, I agree. I think uh, a lot of these teams are rusty because – you know, I know, I know Philly for one. I mean, they came out against New England. They looked like crap just because they didn't play any starters in the preseason. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I, I don't know. You, you don't want to throw these guys out in meaningless games, you know, and risk them getting injured. But you know, you got to have them play more than just a drive to shake off that rust. Yeah. No, I completely agree. You know, get rid of it in, in games that don't matter. Um. There's a know. lot of running backs that really shook off the rust, though. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah this week. Uh, young ones, too. Speaking of the Eagles, how about DeAndre Swift, man? Oh, my God. So, Thursday night, talk about lighting up the stat sheet. Well, first off, he had 28 carries. Whenever yeah. you give uh, a running back 28 carries behind the best offensive line in the league, you're going to produce. Uh, and Swift 100% did. He had 175 rushing yards and a touchdown. I mean, I, I had to play him in one league because uh, I was afraid Aaron Jones was going to be out, and he was. Uh, and I lucked out playing Swift because he got me, like, 28 points. Yeah, I think – um. The thing with Philly, like, I, I was reading the stuff about uh, Jalen Hurts' shoulder um, mm-hmm. and how I think it was Donovan McNabb that was talking to him um, and how he was saying that shoulder's actually still bothering him. And yeah, I think if if evident. that's the case, I mean, you could see it in his accuracy. You could see it in his confidence to make throws downfield. And I think if that's the case, you're going to have to lean on that ground game. And DeAndre Swift is going to be a huge part of that offense going forward. Because like you said, when you throw in a back with his talent, because he's got all the talent in the world. He was super under underutilized in Detroit. 100%. Um, you, Injuries you throw, got the best of him, too. Uh, no, 100%. And I think you you put a guy with that kind of talent behind that offensive line, he's destined to be successful. Yeah, and I, I think that's a, a good recipe for a lot of teams to, to follow um, if they want to be successful in the NFL is, you know, make sure to bolster that defense and have a good run game. We yeah. see it all the time in the playoffs. Um, a team that you know, has kind of utilized that theory a little bit um, is Atlanta with B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, which mm-hmm. B. John Robinson, another guy that had a breakout game this this weekend, uh, he had 19 carries, 124 rushing yards, and he added four catches for 48 receiving yards. Yeah, I've been I, I've been a firm believer all along that uh, B. John Robinson is a very underrated pass catching back. Yeah. Um, and that was evident in that game. And I think going forward, B. John Robinson's just a, a clear RB1 in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, um, there was plays where he was putting multiple guys on skates. He's so shifty for a guy his size. He's so fun to watch. He, he's so much fun to watch. And uh, what's, you know, uh, the thing with B. John Robinson that a lot of, you know, casual fans aren't going to um, realize is he's not the type of guy that's going to break off a 60-plus yard run. Like, he has the speed to, but he's more so the guy that's going to get the extra 5, 10 yards. He, he's a north-south runner. Yeah, and, pick up the first down. Yeah, he's a north-south runner. He's going to get those extra yards, and he's going to go upfield. And, yeah, maybe he's not going to break off those huge carries, 
but he's going to be the reason they put together sustainable drives throughout this entire season, especially when you have a quarterback that's not proven himself, um, who's who's had moments where he's really struggled. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think if you could lean on that ground game with B. John Robinson and then you have your power guy and Tyler Algier, I think that's going to be really beneficial for that team. Yeah, and, um, you know, given uh, Ritter has had his struggles, but I I do want to, you know, show some respect to him because, you know, Atlanta's 2-0. They are 2-0. And, I mean, he's a guy that he's really limited his turnovers in the league. I I think this this week was the first first time. Yeah, his first career interception, I believe, was it? I know in the NFL, I don't know about if it was in college as well or something like that. Well, there's some stat like that. He's also still never lost at home in college in the NFL. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, and they go out and beat the Packers, who have a, a great defense. All he's got to do is be a solid game manager, and that team might be really good. They they really boosted up that defense in the offseason. Yeah. And you have that run game, and you have some young weapons. They're going to be a good team in the future. Yeah, and um, keeping the theme of breakout running backs uh, from week two, James Cook is another guy. I, I was super high on James Cook coming in this year. Uh, I was like, you know, he doesn't really have much competition at backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Buffalo uh, likes to utilize running backs in the passing game a lot, and we saw that this week with James Cook. 17 carries, 123 rushing yards, and he added four catches for 36 receiving yards. Now, didn't have any scores, but, I mean, he put up a lot of yards. He's on pace for 18, over 1,800 total yards and no touchdowns this year. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think he... <sighs> It kind of sucks for him because they they have Latavius Murray and they have Damian Harris, who they were using in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Um, Latavius Murray ended up scoring two touchdowns, and I I know I was watching the game, and uh, Damian Harris got a couple red zone carries as well. So I I, I think that's got to change. But the problem is you don't want to risk injury to James Cook. He's not a big guy. No. Um, so, yeah. But, but, but he's, he's a pretty powerful guy. He is. I mean, he's more shifty than he is a, a power back, but he, he has a good build to him. I, I think Latavius Murray is just doing his uh, his best Jamal Williams impression right now. And yeah. And just taking those touchdowns away. Except uh, I, th- I think the, you know, the cream always rises to the top, right? I, th- I think they will, you know, make James Cook a, a every down back before the, the year's out. Um, a and, spider. <laughs> I mean, James Cook is way too talented to only be used I on first agree. and second downs. Um, but speaking of guy that's Wait, in a on. committee, before we move on from James Cook, just real quick, I uh, I was watching, I watched pretty much that entire game, and I was so impressed with how explosive he looked. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was just breaking off these runs to the outside, just getting an extra five, ten yards on, on plays that he had no business getting yeah. extra yardage out of. Yeah, and, and if Buffalo is smart, they'd start utilizing James Cook more. Um, just because Josh Allen, he's, what, 28 now? Uh, he, he can't keep putting himself out there. And, and I think that's what they're trying to ta- limit this yeah, year. Yeah, and, and taking those big hits. I mean, even, like, the QB Steaks and stuff, you have a decent enough offensive line. You have a good running back. You know, uh, uh, use that, that run game a little bit as more of a crutch now um, to, to save, you know, uh, I, I totally agree, yeah. So, but like I was going to say earlier, um, speaking of running backs by committee, uh, here's one that's kind of broken out, I think, as, you know, uh, dug himself a, a, a pretty big role in uh, his off- in that team's offense is Brian Robinson Jr. I personally knew Robinson was going to be the clear-cut RB1 on that team. Um, it was clear at the end of last season. 
yeah. when Brian Robinson started really getting back on track. I mean, obviously he had that freak incident where he got shot in the leg and he missed the uh, beginning of his rookie season. But um, yeah, Brian Robinson, he's explosive. He's a big body. He's going to wear down that defensive line. And, you know, let me tell you, Washington 2-0. Yeah, I mean, and Brian Robinson's not that bad of a, a pass catcher either. What what was my concern about the Washington backfield going into this season was, you know, they bring in Eric Benemy from KC, mm. who is infamous for utilizing multiple running backs in his yeah. game plan. Uh, so that, that concerned me a little bit when you have Antonio Gibson back there. But Gibson, it seems, whenever he's been presented with the opportunity to be a starting caliber running back, he just hasn't lived up to that. Um Brian Robinson, on the other hand, this week, 18 carries, 87 yards rushing. Uh, uh, receive, uh, I'm sorry, rushing touchdown. But then he had two catches for 42 yards receiving. So this is another guy that had a, a pretty big week. Um, actually, did he have one? or He, he might have had two touchdowns. I think he had two. Uh, that's two touchdowns. Yeah, My bad. He definitely had two. Yeah, that was a typo. Yeah, um, no, he – yeah. Brian Robinson is going to be a problem. Um, yep. And I think – I mean, yeah, maybe that team's really not the best, but a 2-0 start, you build a lot of confidence. Um, Sam Howell doesn't look terrible. He he does not look terrible, and, you know, it's the same thing like uh, with Atlanta, too. You know, you don't have a lot of confidence in your running back, but you have a good defense, and your running game looks pretty solid. Yeah. Um, you could be a force to be reckoned with in this league. Yeah, with no, that combination. And just the last guy I think it's worth mentioning is uh, Kyron Williams Yeah, for uh, the Rams. Yeah. 14 carries. Not a lot of carries there, uh, but he made use of it. He had 52 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And then in the receiving game, he added six catches, 48 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. So big day for him. Uh, I think a lot of people that picked him up in week one were afraid to play him mm. just because it is the Rams. You know, they didn't have the best-looking offensive line last season. Right. But I think Steve Avelia, uh drafting him made a, a huge difference to that offensive line, especially he's in this He's playing left game. guard, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and he's been opening up tons of holes for uh, Kyron Williams. Yeah, I mean, Akers is going to be moved. Um, they just completely lost faith in him. And he's, Wouldn't you? He's never really been the same since that Achilles injury. No. Um, he rushed back, and it just never really had the explosiveness again. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he's lacking a lot of confidence because of that. Maybe a change of scenery will be good for him. I don't know. I don't I don't really see him coming back and being a starter anywhere, but it, you yeah. look like it. I would segue into this now. You got a team like the, the Browns who last night just lost Nick Chubb for the season. I, it's funny. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, there, there's some options out there. Like they could bring back Kareem Hunt, which I don't know if you really want to do that. I think last year Hunt showed that he was starting to fizzle out in his career. Yeah, he's regressed. Um, yeah, big time. Like, but at the same time, he it was Nick, the Nick Chubb show. Um, right. I don't know. There's there's a couple options out there for him, but I think uh, a- any team that's in a in a position like the Browns right now, you'd be stupid to not check in on Cam Akers. And yeah, I mean, if you're throwing a sixth or seventh round pick out there for him, just to you know see what you got in him. I mean, most of the time your sixth or seventh round pick's not going to make the roster anyways. So yeah. why why not spend that on a, a running back that you know was a former second round pick and you know if he can ever revisit that form that he had coming into the league you know you get some pretty good value there yeah no i totally agree uh and speaking of the rams uh how about uh uh 
Puka Nakua. Oh my god. Nakua Matata, I, baby. I don't know what's going on there. Um I mean he, L- listen, we talked about it last week. Yeah. If Matt Stafford likes you, if Matt Stafford trusts you, he's gonna get you the ball. Another fifteen catches, 147 yards, no big deal. Yeah, he's now second in receiving yards in the league with two hundred sixty six, and he's first in receptions with twenty five. That's just crazy for uh what was he, a fifth or sixth round pick we discovered? You're telling me you didn't expect that? <laughs> well, no, the, no, but like the thing is, like after the Cooper Cup injury, you knew somebody was going to have to step up. Everyone thought it was going to be Van Jefferson, and then you, you get people talking about Tutu Atwell. But Puka Nakua is really, really carving out a role, um, and I'm, I'm all in on it. I'm all in on the hype. Um, I think he, he has the most uh, receptions in the first two games for a rookie ever. Yep. Um, 10 and 15 in his last two games. It, it's, I, I don't know. I I can't describe it because I don't know what's going on, but I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, not having Cooper Cup is, well, obviously is the main reason he's getting all these, these looks. But, you know, what he's doing is he's going out there and he's, all he's doing is running these five, six yard routes getting open, you know, right away and, and Stafford's plays. Stafford's getting the ball out quick to him and you know, he's getting a couple extra yards fighting for that extra yardage and you know, he's picking up first downs, so why stop feeding him the ball? You know, I think the thing that's pretty evident is that when Matt Stafford's healthy, when Matt Stafford is that starting quarterback, they're going to air it out. Yeah. And they have no reason not to. They have their full faith in Matthew Stafford, which he's shown they should. Yeah, and and, and Stafford's one of those guys that's you know, always going to make his receivers look better than they are as well. I mean, always has. Yeah, I look look back to like Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay you know, was a top ten receiver in the league one year. Yeah, and then he left the Giants, and now he's not even in the in league. The, yeah, um, so I think Marvin Jones had a cup back yeah. to, or two seasons with nine touchdowns. Golden Tate. Golden Tate. So it, Stafford's always going to make his receivers look better, like you said, because they always air it out. Yeah, um, and he's just so accurate. He's so consistent. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why I was so down on him going in this year. I, it was mainly because of the injuries. But yep. if he can stay healthy, which the offensive line looks a lot better this year, um, it's up to the defense. Yeah, um, if that defense could keep him in games, they're going to be a good team. Right, right. And um, what concerns me though is because Puganakua is performing so well with Cooper Cup out. You know what's going to happen to him when Cooper Cup comes back. It's yeah. tough because Cooper Cup's always going to get his targets. Cooper Cup's going to get 10-plus targets a game, right. and that's a given. Um, no matter who's covering him, no matter who they're up against, Matt Stafford's going to find a way to get Cooper Cup the ball just because that's how he is. He he knows he's got one of the best playmakers in the league, and he's going to get him the ball. Yep. But at the same time, that's going to open up a lot of opportunities for those other guys, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson. Right. Um, when Cooper Cup comes back, you're going to have a lot of focus on him, which is going to open up – uh, opportunities through the air to these other receivers. So I'm I'm still like, even when Cooper comes back, I'm still buying into this Puka Nakua hype. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. I think right now you got to treat him as a borderline wide receiver two or three, even though he's playing like a one, just do the fact that, you know, any day now he, yeah. he can fall back Walk off. One catch for yards. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. It, it's reminiscing of, um, Reminds me of Travis Fulgham. Oh, my God. I was going to say that. Yeah. I uh, was going to say that. A, a young receiver, you know, that kind of was under everybody's radar and then comes out, has a huge game to fill in for injured player and, you know, has like two or three great games and then falls back off the yeah. face of the planet. Um, so I'd be I'd be cautious with Puka Nakua personally. Um, but as of right now, while Cooper Cup's still out, he's a plug and play every week. Oh, 100%. Uh, jumping into our, our 
picks uh, for week three. Well, first off, let's let's go over our week two records. Uh, we both went ten and six. Yep. I'm eighteen fourteen overall. You were nineteen thirteen overall. Yep. Um, starting out Thursday night, we have the abysmal Giants at the world beater San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I don't know if I could watch this game. Um, I just hope it's not. I hope it's somewhat competitive. I hope it's not a snoozer. I, for some reason, I just feel like it's going to be a snoozer. The Giants blow them out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I, I, I got San Fran by a couple scores here. Yeah, um, I don't see how you you don't have San Fran more than that. I mean, Barkley, Barkley's is out. out, probably out with sprained ankle. They they almost lost the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, they should have lost that. Game. They should they should have. The the Cardinals really really tried to lose that game. The Card- uh, they're, they're really tanking. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals came in the locker room at halftime was like. What are we doing? We got to lose this game. Yeah, I, I, dude, I don't know. That first half, Josh Dobbs looked like the best quarterback of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Giants or Wink Martindale's defense. I mean, even I, the Giants' offense looked decent, I guess you could say, against Arizona. But, I mean, you go, you, you get absolutely destroyed by Dallas. Then you come and you have a game against probably the worst team in the league. And you almost lose. I don't have high hopes for the Giants right now. Yeah, neither do I. Give me San Fran. Uh, Tennessee at Cleveland. Man, Cleveland looked bad last night. Yeah. Um, and with Chubb going down, I think that's... With Chubb going down, this team is screwed. Yeah. Um, you, you give Deshaun Watson that huge guaranteed deal, and he is washed. He is. Very, very washed. Um, I always... I was yeah. always a Deshaun Watson hater. Um, I, I didn't like him in college just because, like, I... I when I was really paying attention to college football, um, I, I really rooted for Bama, and so I hated those Clemson guys. <laughs> um, but Deshaun Watson, man, when he came into the league, he he was elite. He was a really good quarterback. He was. I mean, him, Texans. him and D-Hop were lighting it up on the stat sheet every week. You're not seeing any of that. If he didn't no. have Amari Cooper, it, he's throwing for less than 150 yards a game. Yeah, it doesn't help that that's a run-first team that just lost their – arguably the best running back in the league. Yeah. Um, I like Tennessee here going into Cleveland. Tennessee, they're a scrappy team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, talk about a team that has a lot of fight in them. Uh, their defense looks pretty solid. Um, Tannehill looked much better. Tannehill looked improved. I mean, Derrick Henry, although he looks like he's starting to regress a little bit, is still Derrick Henry. We knew, yeah, I mean, we knew that was coming, but like you said, at the same time, he's still Derrick Henry. Um, I mean, he's he's still gonna get you the extra, you know, couple yards every carry that you know he's gonna fight for. But I like Tennessee. I think Cleveland is uh, going down a bad path this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we have Atlanta at Detroit. This was kind of a coin flip for me because Atlanta's looked really good. Yeah. To start the season and Detroit, you know, they slipped up against Seattle this past week, but that was kind of a given. You know, you go in, you know, first game of the year. You you beat KC yeah in Kansas City, I mean you're riding that high. It, typically, when you know there's a big upset like that, the team tends to lose that that next week. So I should have saw this coming, but I think they bounce back here and and win at home against Atlanta. I've also got Detroit here. Um, did, any more analysis? No. Uh, okay. For every reason that you just said, I think you you hit the nail on the head. Uh, New Orleans at Green Bay. Now Green Bay. They just escaped, uh, well, actually, Atlanta just escaped beating Green Bay by one point. Uh, Green Bay's at home. They need to win this game. Uh, 
Man, New Orleans, New Orleans does not look great either. No, New, I mean New Orleans has a, a solid defense, but that that offense just that game last night sputtering. was snooze fest. Yeah, um, yeah. Give me Green Bay here. I think uh, Jordan Love has a really big game. Yeah, I mean he's he's looked great to start the season. He has. I, I just made a short yesterday about you know getting him a Super Bowl just because he's. I mean he's looked so good. Um, but yeah, no, I mean Green Bay, especially if Aaron Jones is back, give me Green Bay. Yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, Denver at Miami. Give me Miami all day. Yeah. Um, second half of that game, Miami did not look great, but Denver's bad. Yeah. I mean, I thought Sean Payton was going to uh, fix them, but you can't put lipstick on a pig. Denver is a bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson did show flashes he uh, of his old self against the Washington this past week. Um, the Hail Mary was crazy. Yeah, and I mean, two point conversion should have been PI and St. Juice, but whatever. Um, but with that said, Miami also looks really good. Miami looked really good in the first half. They the offense was eh, in the second half. Raheem Mostert looks really good. Yeah, well, Miami also was facing a top ten defense in New England. No, that is very true. Uh, I mean, Bill Belichick always tends to take away your best weapon, which is Tyreek Hill. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to make any uh, offense not look too great. But Miami's I, defense looked good. Yeah. Andrew Van Ginkle had a game. <laughs> Van Ginkle. Yeah, give me Miami at, at home. Yeah, me too. Chargers uh, at mini. Both both these teams are 0-2. If, if I told you that, you know, going into week one, would you believe me that both the Chargers and the Vikings are 0-2? This game's going to come down to who has the last possession and who's going to make the, the last costly mistake of the game because both these teams don't want to win a game. Yeah, I... The difference between these two teams, though, is I think Minnesota's just kind of had it rough the first two weeks. Yeah. Um, the Chargers have lost games that they should have won. Um, I, I like Minnesota to edge, edge it out here. Um, Brent Staley, I, for the Chargers, I think should definitely be – he should have been fired last year. Yep. But he should definitely be fired now. I mean – I think that's something we'll have to say every single episode. Brent yep. Staley's not a good coach. Um, give me Minnesota here, too. Yeah, I mean Minnesota's I think be a just, close game, but Minnesota is a, a better coach team. I mean, Chargers have the better quarterback in Herbert, but quarterback can't do much if your coaching sucks. So, uh, going up next with New England at your New York Jets, mm. uh, who gets hurt at MetLife Stadium now? Jesus, I know it's it's crazy. I'm I'm gonna go New England here. Yeah, same. Uh, especially I think the thing with the Jets was, um. Take away the end of the game in the last two picks. Zach Wilson did not play bad at all. The play calling was terrible. And the coaches set that team up for failure. Um, when Brees Hall and Delvin Cook, which, which again, Delvin Cook does not look good. Um, but when Brees Hall is only getting four touches. That's bad. It's really bad. I mean, you got to work him into the game plan 100%. Espe- like, Especially after his week one performance. The, I, I get it. The issue is that like when teams don't respect your passing game, they're going to stack the box and force you to pass the ball, which at the same time, if you're going to recognize that, then then let Zach Wilson make those throws. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have to establish the ground game if you want to get anything going on offense, and they just couldn't do that. Outside of a slant that Garrett Wilson took that to the house, there was really nothing on offense. Yeah, and, 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 I and that play was solely because of Zach Wilson. I don't know if you saw yeah. him on the sideline right before that play. That him and Wilson were, were talking about it, and – you know, next play they go out and have that touchdown. Yeah, and I mean, I can't put this blame on Zach Wilson for that game. I yeah, maybe he he had moments where he didn't look great. His last pick was not was not good. His second pick 
Garrett Wilson should have gone up and made a play on that ball. But take away the turnovers, throw them away completely. Like Zach Wilson looked more comfortable, but the I, I don't know what Nathaniel Hackett's doing. Where it, it's just it just blows my mind every single year, man. New England here. Yeah, yeah, I like New England. Uh, just, I mean, New England has had two back-to-back close games. I believe it was one-score games for both uh, against Philly and Miami, and they played two top-five teams, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, and their defense looked really good against both. Uh, I can only imagine what their defense is going to do here against the Jets. I'm really excited to see Christian Silent Sasson uh, Gonzalez face up against Garrett my, Wilson. My pick for defensive rookie of the year. Got his first pick of his career. Yeah, he looks really good. He does look really good. Uh, I like New England, I I think, by a lot here. Really? Yeah. Um, I hope not, man. <laughs> I just... Uh, that, that, that defense is really good, and, I mean, if the Jets keep making mistakes, yeah. New England's going to capitalize. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, next up, we have Buffalo at Washington. I don't think we really need to talk about this game much, yeah. even though Washington is 2-0. and Buffalo's just a much better team. Yeah, I mean, it's, Buffalo, they, they sputtered week one, but you can chalk that up to maybe... Zach uh, Wilson being the best quarterback of all time. <laughs> I, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, you know, Starter's not playing much in the preseason yeah, and coming out rusty. 100%. Like, when I was talking about that, that's one of the teams I was thinking about. It's like, man, they, they really needed starters to get out there in that third preseason game for much longer Yeah, because um, uh, they came out slow. Yeah, I mean, they they absolutely dismantled uh, Las Vegas. But uh, I mean, even that that slow start carried over into like the first quarter of that game too. Yeah, um, and then they turned it on, and they were the Bills again. And they did. Now they're going to win it all or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but yeah, I like Buffalo at, at Washington. Yeah, I agree. Uh, another divi- uh, divisional game here of Houston at Jacksonville. Um, Houston looks improved, but they are still the same old Houston. I got to go Jacksonville at home. I got to go Jacksonville too. Houston looked much better in the second half of that game against Indy. They did. They, uh, they started to come back a little bit. First half of that game was ugly. Yep. I just, I think as good as Stroud has looked, I, I'm still not super impressed. I'm not sold. I, I but think I a lot think of his like, stats have been you know achieved in, in garbage time. Yeah. No, personally. I agree. But I think um, he's shown some promise that. I didn't expect, and I think having a young receiving core that he's able to connect with early, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about some of those guys later on, um, I think that's going to be beneficial for them long term. Yeah, I, I think they definitely have, uh, you know, a, a bright future for sure. I think Demeco Ryan's is a really good coach. I agree. Um, I just Jacksonville, uh, as bad as they looked against KC last week. I think this is a get-right game for them here. It's a statement game, and unfortunately, Houston's just going to be on the. Jacksonville was inches away from winning that game. They had four separate plays in the back of the end zone where Trevor Lawrence made solid throws, and receivers just couldn't get that second foot down. Two of them on the same drive, but it was four in the entire game. So I mean, game of inches, whatever. But Jacksonville, I have a lot of faith in. I think they're going to turn it around, and I think they're going to. I I really think they're going to have an explosive offense, and we'll see that this week for sure. Um, Indy at Baltimore. I gotta go Baltimore, especially if uh, Anthony Richardson's out. Yeah, he has that concussion. Yeah. Um, Baltimore is two and zero. They look pretty solid. Um, Baltimore's solid. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go out of my way and say that they look really good and that they're a top team in the league. I mean, you you, you can't ignore the fact that they're two and zero, but at the same time, I mean, it's only been two weeks. 
It's uh, been Houston in a struggling Bengals team. But yeah, I mean, the, but o- I, Odell's I'm, hurt now. Yeah. They lost J.K. Dobbins. You know, they're starting to get that injury the bug. Like they, hurt. Yeah, like they do every year. Um, I do like Baltimore in this one. I I agree. But I I, I could see this being a trap game. Yeah, I, uh, man, Anthony Richardson before he went down the, with that concussion, looked good throwing the ball. Had two rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be something, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I credit uh, Shane Station with a lot of his development so far too. I agree. Uh, Carolina at Seattle. I mean, you said it before we started recording. Carolina may be one of the worst teams in the league. I they may be worse than Arizona. They're bad. And yeah. that that was so tough to watch, man. I, Bryce Young does not look good, and they can't get anything going on offense. Their defense isn't generating enough pressure. It's it's going to be a long year, I think. Um, I'm going to go Seattle here, coming off a big win. It's it's just a game where Seattle. I could see him blowing them out. Yeah, I mean, Seattle, again, another one-off in week one. They lost the Rams, but again, the Rams came out and were a lot better than a lot of people expected. Rams Rams put up a fight with the Niners, so I mean... Yeah, they're a competitive team. Uh, I think Seattle definitely bounced back. I mean, you, you beat Detroit. Yeah, uh, you pro- that's a good again, win. You probably caught them slipping because, you know, they just got off that win against KC. Yeah, either but way, that's... Seattle's still a good team. Uh, I, Gino looked good. Yeah, I, I, I like them at home. And again, it's hard to play in Seattle to begin with. A hundred percent. So I really like Seattle here. Um, this one we could even just skip. Um, yeah. KC's beating Chicago by a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Chicago at KC. Justin Fields does not look good. The experiment might be over. He is. He's an athlete. He's not a quarterback. I agree. 100%. And I, I wasn't a huge Justin Fields fan coming into the draft or anything. Neither was I. I bought into this hype a little bit coming into this year, just because you surround him with all the right weapons. You give him, you know, a defense to work with. Well, I, I think the supposedly. hype that I bought into with him was more so fantasy wise. Yeah, um, I think the fantasy hype was something that I completely bought into, mm-hmm. just because of his running ability and the fact that they added weapons. I, he's not, he's not, he's not good at passing the football. Um, no, he's not a good quarterback. Uh, and his, his reads to. just aren't there. No, they're not. I mean, how many times in that game uh, this past week was you know he dropping back? Looking for his first option and then, you know, tucking it and running it yeah. because, you know, DJ Moore wasn't open or Darnell Mooney wasn't open. Or, yeah. um, also, Chase Claypool, how does he still have a job? I mean, that's good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how many targets does he have and how many drops does he have? You know, like, it, I feel like every time I'm watching the Bears play, Chase Claypool at least has one drop. I can't believe the Steelers got picked 32 for him. Yeah. I mean, they took, and they took Joey Porter Jr., who had a really good game last night. It had the game-winning uh, play. The game-winning P.I. that wasn't yeah. called. But no, oh. but, but outside of that, like outside of the uncalled P.I., um, Joey Porter looked really good last night. And I mean... The officiating's been a lot more lenient with that this year, I though. Um, I think they've been letting the players play, which I love. I mean... A hundred percent. I'm all for that. You know, there, there's going to be... like. I forget who said this, but um, some some somebody said that uh, you could call holding on every play. You like call in the holding NFL. on every play, you could call false starts on Lane Johnson every play. Yeah, <laughs> or Jawan Taylor. Yeah, but because well, like there's going to be a penalty every play, but at some point you got to let the players play. Yeah, there's going to be no, little one offs, little you know things that happen that you know shouldn't really be called. But here's another one where we don't have to say much. Dallas at Arizona. Yeah, Dallas I per- by a million. I personally think Arizona is the worst team in the league. No, I agree. Um, and talk about having the softest start of any team, uh, uh, schedule wise for Dallas. Yeah. 
I mean, you, you, you start off. Well, it shouldn't have been. Like, everyone had high hopes for the Giants. Yeah. Then you get a Zach Wilson Jets. And then you get Arizona, which. But you have, you have, you have one of the best defenses in the league. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's the best defense in the league right now. Well, right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's I, really hard to deny you, that. You can't deny that. But then again, they played Daniel Jones week one. Yeah. You played Zach Wilson offense week two. Now, week three, you're playing arguably the worst team in the league, and Josh Dobbs is the quarterback Go you're playing Cat. against. Yeah, like, I just, ah, man, Dallas is lucking out. Um, Parsons, so, Parsons' defensive player of the year is on, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he looks he looks unstoppable. They, like, yeah, it's... But da- Dallas dominates Arizona here. This one's not even close. I, yeah, I don't think it's close at all. Um, you'll probably see me put... Dallas number one on my power rankings this week. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, next up, uh, Pitt at Vegas. Yeah, I, I have to go Pitt. Pitt, another team that was slow coming out in week one, but you know, and the slow start into the game last uh, last night, but came out and and you know, defense they, got it done. Yeah, I mean, they, they looked improved. The defense was really good. They scored two touchdowns. They did. Um. I know a lot of Steelers fans are calling for uh, Canada's head, their OC there. As they should be. His play calling is atrocious. Yeah. It's some of the worst play calling that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I'm not super excited for this game. It's Sunday night. Uh, Vegas, I mean, talk about uh, Josh Jacobs being slow to start the season. Yeah. That's a guy that I was very high on going into this year after what he did last season. And, I don't know, something about... This year, he's just... I don't think a lot of that's on Jacobs, though. I think that's on the offensive line more than anything. The, one, the offensive line. Two, like, especially the game against the Bills, you go down big early on. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to stick with a game plan and establish that run. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to let Jimmy G air it out at some points, and it, it just didn't work. Right. Yeah, no, I, I like Pitt here. Um, I think Vegas, I mean, again, they, they won week one, then they get blown out by Buffalo. Uh, Pitt's defense is really good. I, I think they take down Vegas. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, two more mon- two Monday night games again. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm I'm, I'm impartial. I think I, I think if you had an East Coast and a West Coast game, certain seven and ten. I was just about I to say that. Would yeah, be all for it. Yep. No, I 100 percent agree. If you know they weren't both playing at the same time, I. I would be a lot more open to it. I yeah, totally agree. But we got your Eagles at the Bucks, who were two and zero. Yeah, I mean Baker Tampa Mayfield. Good. I'm all for the Baker Mayfield resurgence. Yeah, um, Baker Mayfield looks really good. He's making really good reads. He's built a connection with Mike Evans. Um, yes, but still Philly here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like Philly. What concerns me is Devontae Maddox is probably out for the season. Uh, our, our starting nickel, and I, I think you know Baker. Again, like you said, his reads have been really good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm scared that he's going to, you know, pick us apart with these little well, things and dunks. Well, the thing with Baker Mayfield is he's just he's got really good football IQ. Yeah. Um, and he he knows what he's doing. Baker yep. Mayfield is not a bad quarterback. Um, he's been stuck in terrible situations. We saw flashes of it with under McVeigh last year. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, when he came and filled in for the Rams, he looked electric. He did. He looked like his old self. And I think a lot of it, a lot of his falling off to begin with was, you know, Cleveland just, you know, they they had bought into the the Deshaun Watson hype. 
And, you know, Baker Mayfield had that shoulder injury, which nagged him for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, he he played with a torn shoulder that entire se- his in his last season with the, with yeah. the Browns. So, yeah, um, Baker Mayfield, man, I'm all for the – I'm all in on the hype. Um, if you keep game planning like this, he's going to have a really successful season. And, and moving forward, he could be that QB1. Right, and, and Tampa's defense isn't that bad either. Um, yeah. I just I think Philly's the better team. I I completely agree. I think, I think it's a close win. game though. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, Philly's most of their games have been pretty close. Um, yeah, I just I chalk that up to our, our our defense. You know, we've been making big plays, but you know we haven't been coming alive in the second half. Yeah, and we saw that a lot with Philly last year. Was Philly was a first half team. Mm-hmm. Come the second half, we we did not make adjustments, and I think a lot of that's on Nick Sirianni too. Yeah. Um. I, I just hope we can correct that this this season, or else I don't think we have a shot at you know an, uh, another Super Bowl appearance. And then finally, the the last game uh, on the week three slate is the Rams at Cincy. I think this is the only one we were different on. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with Cincy here. I think it's a must win for Cincy. I will say that right now. Um, they have to figure it out. Joe Burrow's got to figure it out. He's got to find a way to get over that calf injury. Um, I, I think that's in the back of his mind. And I think he's afraid to make these plays that he would normally make. Um, Burrow's got to figure it out. He's got to get the ball to Jamar Chase. He's got to keep feeding T. Higgins. Um, and I think Joe Mixon's got to eat against that defensive front because outside of Aaron Donald, you don't have much there. I think since he really needs to come out, they, they have to put up 30-plus this game. Um, Rams' defense isn't great. But, that man, that Rams' offense, they may – they may be able to tear Cincy's secondary apart. Yeah. So with with the uh, the Rams Cincy game, uh, I mean, first off, obviously we got to acknowledge Burrow did re-injure his calf at the end of uh, the week two game. Yeah. Uh, that's a huge concern for me. Uh, I think the Rams have been sneaky good. Uh, they kept it a close game against San Fran, who's one of the best teams in the league, and. Uh, Cincy just has not impressed, and I, I'm with you that this is a must-win for Cincy. But I, I don't know. I, I just I'm not too confident in Cincy. I, I the way Burrow's looked in the last two weeks just has been lackluster at best. And then he goes and he injures that calf. I, I think if even if he does play, that he, that, that calf injury is going to be nagging him in his mind, and I think it's going to you know ruin his play a little bit. Um, I think the Rams can take advantage of that. Yeah, Sean McVay is a really good coach, and Zach Taylor's from the Sean McVay coaching tree, if I'm right. not mistaken. Yep. Uh, so I, I think McVay is going to outcoach Taylor, and uh, I think the Rams take the win here. Yeah, let's uh, jump into a quick waiver wire watch. Um, we already touched on Kyron Williams, but man, if he's out there, yeah, go get him. I, I think I looked this morning. Um, I mean, he's only the, uh, been picked up in like a quarter of leagues on sleeper. Yeah. Uh, but he had a breakout game in week two coming off after he had a big game week one as well. He's the bell cow back, uh, as far as I can see in, uh, Los Angeles. So, uh, you know, he's definitely worth a pickup. He's probably a solid RB three, maybe a potential RB two going forward. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, uh, Jerome Ford real quick. Yeah. I mean, with the Chubb injury, obviously that's a run first offense. We talked about it earlier. You need to you know, go out and, and, and try to pick up whoever's going to be the successor to Chubb now that he's hurt. Um, 
Kevin Stefanski just said that uh, Jerome Ford will step in as the team's featured back. Yeah, which uh, you you did mention this earlier, though. I would be cautious of uh, them signing Kareem Hunt. Yeah. You know, he's familiar with the organization, with the offense. Um, I could definitely see them bringing him in. Uh, you know, And even if he's not the starter, he might take away carries from Jerome Ford. But I think for at least this week and maybe the next couple, Jerome Ford's definitely a, a nice plug-and-play back. Yeah, I just put in a waiver claim for him. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally just now. And, um. uh, on, on the theme of uh, picking up uh, cuffs, yeah. How about Matt Breida? Um, yeah, I mean... Saquon, Saquon has a sprained ankle. It's good news for you Barkley owners that it's not too, too serious. Yeah, It'll it's pr- not a high ankle sprain. It's just an ordinary ankle sprain, which I I would assume keeps him out one to two weeks tops. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I can see him being back next week. Yeah, honestly, um, yeah. But, I mean, Breida's a, a must-pick-up for at least this week, uh, especially if you're in a pinch with running backs. Uh, I don't think he's going to get a lot of uh, carries. I, I think that's going to go to... Maybe Eric Gray or um, uh, whoever, I forget the other guy, Brightwell. Um, yeah, I think that they're going to be. Brightwell. I think they're going to get a lot of the touches on the ground, but I think Breida gets a lot of the receiving work. Yeah, I agree. Which in that offense, uh, you know, can create some RB three production. Maybe throw them in your flex. Yeah, um, two receivers from Houston: Nico Collins and Tank Dell. I'm I'm all for the Nico Collins hype. I I loved him out of college. Um, I mean. Man, Houston's been bad since he came into the league, but Nico Collins is super talented. Watch the tape. It's no surprise that he's able to put up these big numbers right now, um, and I think that's going to continue. Yeah, and uh, I'm a big fan of Tank Dell. You know, he's young, he's a rookie, but he's a homegrown kid. He's from Houston. He went mm-hmm. to college in Houston. Um, I just with that offense, uh, you know, slinging that thing around with C.J. Stroud. Um, and after their week two breakouts, I think these are definitely two guys you should go yeah, after. Yeah, no, I agree. I think like they're they're not going to be a great team. They're going to be down a lot. They're going to be yep. throwing the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. And late in games, these these are the kind of guys that are going to put up the fantasy points for you. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not the most flashy, but they'll get you. I think fifteen twenty, yeah, maybe a week. I think that they have that type of ceiling. Uh, and then another guy that's uh, been pretty consistent is Tutu Atwell yeah. for the Rams. I, we talked about Puka Nakua, who's been really really good. But Tutu Atwell is a different type of player. You know, he's he's more of a guy that's going to stretch the field for uh, LA, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, he's small. He's not that big of a body. He's not going to get uh, the slot work like Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup. But I I think he's going to be consistent number two for Stafford, even when yeah, Cup no. comes back. Listen, he week one he had six catches, 119 yards, but only played or he played in 70 79 uh, percent of the offensive snaps. Yeah. Came back this week, another seven catches, 77 yards, played in 94% of the snaps. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy they, they're going to get you know involved in their offense, and I think it's just the start. They, I believe he's a former second-round uh, second pick, right? Was he really? Yeah, he was a second- or third-round pick. He, he was a day-two guy, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Huh. Yeah, you can look it up. But I knew he was Louisville. Um, I remember watching him play at Louisville. I don't remember what... Second round of the Oh, yeah, second round. Wow. Yeah, so I, I know they... they Took him pretty high, um, and I, I think they're going to utilize him. Matty Stafford out there in L.A., he likes to sling that thing. Yeah. And uh, Atwell's going to produce. And then finally, one last guy uh, that's worth mentioning is Zach Ertz. Not flashy. If you need a tight end, go out there and get him. Arizona's got to throw to somebody. <laughs> Ertz has been, you know, decent first two weeks, but uh, definitely a guy that I think you should go out and get. I, I totally agree. I think that's uh, going to wrap us up. 
Yeah, check us out on uh, social media at Icepad Sports on Instagram and TikTok at Icepad Pod on Twitter slash X. Um, check out the video version. We're back with the video this week on the Ice Bath Sports Podcast YouTube page. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. As always, stay, stay cool. cool.